we start the two things, wrap up the story, and call out a piece of shit. <laughs> All right, ready? And three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Family Jewels True Crime Podcast. My name is Brian Subaluski, and I am your host. Welcome to episode four, I think, maybe five, of season four. And it will be the last episode that I do pertaining to everything that we've talked about up to this point. After this point, I would like to uh, branch out into a couple of different areas. But this story, in in my opinion, and in, in the opinion of my guest host today, Casey Kasperson, uh, this is the last one of this four-season series of nonsense. And I couldn't think of a better ending to this than to call out a complete douchebag um, that spent his time trying to snake a huge portion of my dad's estate based on um, some very sketchy evidence and a complete fabrication of the worth of what he called artwork. So without further ado, let's get into this. Uh, welcome, Casey, uh, to the program. <laughs> What's up, man? Um, Dude, I, I miss you. You're living out in that, that Texas life. Do, do the listeners know that you're out in Texas at this point? No, they do not. They're, no, they do now. <laughs> yeah, this is witness relocation. And uh, <laughs> no, um, I, I escaped. Uh, uh, um, a toxic work environment in Florida and and that's that's why when I wrap this up I look forward to branching out into different opportunities because the shit show that is my life did not stop um, it rolls on and I would very much like to change gears and go on a different route and and and, and explain some of that to you guys but here uh, I moved to Texas just to get away from me specifically well, I got to tell you something, uh, that, and so many of my listeners are sitting there and they're like, really, Texas to get away? Um, yeah. Hey, I live with the criminals. <laughs> uh, th- no, no. Uh, I moved to the number two safest city in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. McKinney, Texas is the number, and I got to tell you something, since I've been here, I've had more run-in with cops than I did when I was a criminal. I was pulled over for doing 71 and a 50. And I had a visceral um, anxiety attack for two days. I could not get over my, my elevated heart rate just in, in being in the presence of a police officer. For you know, I was a shithead. I was speeding. But I'm sitting there while he's writing me the huge ticket and... and Oh, man, you got the ticket. Oh, my God, yes. And he comes back and he goes, you know, we've been... we, Because Texas is highway, and then right next to it, they put an access road. So the highway is 70, and the access road's 50. So when you pull off the access road, it's another highway. Give me a fucking break. You might have to stop at a red light, but it's weird. The roads here are very weird. And, and I'm bailing down this thing at 70, and it's a 50. And he says, you know, we had two two people on scooters killed on this road from people speeding. And I, I felt to, like saying, dude, it's a 50 mile an hour speed limit. 
I don't give a fuck who, what I'm driving. If you're on a scooter, you're done. You're done. You're done. Like, seriously, what's the logic? I'm sorry. I'm trying to use some logic. Like, 70, you're better off if I hit you at 70. But, but I love the fact that you say the bikini is uh, the number two safest city in America, even though if you put it in the rank of the world uh, outside of America, we're still like number 485 out of 900 cities. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So many guns, we just by default are not safe. Yeah. I ordered a steak here and they brought me a gun. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. You wanted this well done? Yeah. No, and, and, and it prompted me to write a joke that the NRA is now trying to come up with a weapon that will not only kill the prey, but cook it at the same time. Like, that's the size bullet that they want to come up with. Um, yeah, it is it is a different world here. I, the law is king. Yeah. Like, I, I, felt, I felt as if, you know, metaphorically he was kneeling on my neck during that whole traffic stop. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> so, uh, so, for this... Um, I want to be totally open. This is why I brought you on, because I know you'll ask the good, hard questions. I want to be totally open. I want to be totally honest about the end of this whole situation, about the end of my my dad's estate and Kev's estate, and, and lots of, of things happened throughout uh, the probate process that we didn't know about. One was that Kev's name was on the house. So Yeah, so as I was probing through this and, and, you know, waiting for probate to end, I get a call from the lawyer and he says, Hey, you know, your dad, your brother was on the deed to the house. I was like, Oh, okay. What does that mean? And they said, well, basically they have to consider Kev a completely different estate because there was nothing else. The, uh, the Mustang was in, in dad's name. Everything was in dad's name. And now we find out one thing is in Kev's. So now Kev has an estate. So now they break apart the cost of the house into two separate estates. So now whatever was written in the will in terms of distribution for my dad goes into his estate, but my brother didn't have one. So that's so then, then you get into the Harry probate. No, then it, they just split it between the two living heirs. So my sister ended up getting half my brother's estate. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll let the rest of the world draw their own conclusions about why that's fucking terrible. But, um, yeah, it's not good. So, um, you know, most of the time probate takes six months. They tell you, hey, six months, they should be able to wrap this whole thing up. Mine took just about a year. I think it topped out at 11 and a half months. And the reason was Bruce. The reason was somebody levied a claim against my dad's estate that was completely erroneous. And that's what we're here to discuss. That is how yeah. we're going <laughs> to... Go ahead. No, I'm, 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 I'm all in for it. <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, I, I would just love to call the episode Calling Out a Douchebag because uh, that's what yeah. we're doing. And you guys yeah, will... It, it is, it, it, this, is, this is a classic case of gaslighting at its highest peak form it's a con man trying to con 
I'm not saying you're currently a con man, Brian. <laughs> Wait. Did you, I don't did, know if you've ever been a con man. You were a lookout. But wait, did you send the check for that stock I told you about? <laughs> I just want to check. Dude, FTX is going to blow up, man. Yeah, it is. Totally. Uh, don't forget the TPS reports. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, Case, I have, um, I've talked to multiple people. Like I sent, I got a letter from Bruce. And I want to start from the beginning at some point, but I've talked to multiple people about my conscience during this whole thing. I have this this piece of, I have a letter from him. And I was going to do this episode regardless of ever getting this letter, but then I got the letter and I was like, wow, you know, he's putting on paper some really weird shit. So we're going to go through all of it. We're going to take, we're going to pick this thing apart and, and we're going to have some fun with it, I hope. And again, it, it is going to help me sort of, uh, it'll be cathartic for me. And, it, and I think it's helpful for us, for you to just bring back into the mix who Bruce is yep. and like, you know, where he fits into the, the mix just briefly. Okay. Uh, so briefly, I'll tell you that uh, this guy regales himself as my father's best friend. And that's, that's a title that I hold in high esteem. Uh, I don't, I would never give that title to just anybody. And I, I know neither would my father, but my father leaves behind a giant trail of douchebags in his wake that he, he would do business with and wouldn't care. So I'll give you an example. He met a guy named, uh, Billy in prison and this guy, Billy was in for statutory rape. Um, you know, the reports were he raped a babysitter. Um, well, he gave my dad a discount, so we're just gonna we set that little fact aside. Um, but Billy was somebody that that uh, you will remember my dad talking about, and I'm so glad I recorded calls with dad that um, right when my dad was supposed to get out, my dad got 12 years to 12 years and one day in prison. And he was supposed to get out at about 10 years, 10 and a half years, because my dad started working the second he got into prison and was earning good time. The second, and, and good time isn't much. You got like 1.5 days a month. But my dad accumulated the shit out of it and knocked a decent amount off of his sentence. The second he was about to get out, the judge who was supposed to sign off on his release, Judge Houston, said, nope, um, there's a paperwork error here. He's doing another 18 months. I don't give a shit. So this guy, Bruce, who, uh, to give you a short background on him, was a former con man. And what he did was he would, and you can go back and listen to the episodes, he would put on an Armani suit. He would go into law firms in a city and during lunch and search the desk, find the check, look at the register, see how much was in the account, write himself a check, walk to the bank, cash it, and made hundreds of thousands of dollars before he was caught and sent away for it. That was his gig. And my dad, while I was doing the podcast, was like, oh my God, you got to have Bruce on, you got to have Bruce on, you got to have Bruce on. And I was like, okay, you know, sounds good. Maybe later on, once we're done with the story, I think I talked to you about a case. I was like, I would love to have this guy on. And he prompted the idea of it turning into people coming on and just talking about their brushes with crime. But this got weird. 
when I was down in Florida, dad started, um, he wanted to move to Florida. And then Bruce was doing, was doing some sort of construction down here. I don't know, demo or something. And periodically my dad would call me and be like, hey, can Bruce come by and leave to uh, tools in your apartment? <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I don't know, just sit with, ruminate for a second with that idea. Like, yeah, have you ever had a friend to be like, hey, will you hold this for me? <laughs> can, you, can you hold this for me? It's never worked out for anyone in the history of ever. Nobody has ever held something and was exonerated from what they held. Like, yeah, oh, look, there's the proof. You're fine. Hey, man, you like the steak knife? Can you just hold it for a minute? Yeah, wipe it on your pants. Um, so every single time he did it, like I, I was like just astonished. And I was like, yeah, sure, tell him to call me. And he would call me and I would blow off the call. But it happened on a regular occasion. Now, dad passes away. Uh, oh, <laughs> when I was doing the podcast and and you'll hear in the calls, dad kept saying, we call Bruce, we call Bruce, we call Bruce. He keeps calling me. He wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. Finally, my dad calls me and says, hey, Bruce wants to know if he can just have the number of the Hollywood producers you're talking to. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely, positively not. Tell Bruce to go away. This guy makes me really uncomfortable. I never, I never trusted or liked the guy. Okay. So dad passes away. During this process, I get a um, a text from Bruce saying that he and dad invested in a LLC that was going to be a, a renovation company. It was Sobol Realty, S-O-B-O-L, because it couldn't be Saab Realty. It couldn't be S-O-B. Dad, Dad had to extend it two letters so it didn't sound like we were calling it Son of a Bitch Realty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. It, the LLC never existed. But this guy claimed to have sent my dad $20,000. What's that? Really? So it doesn't even exist? The twenty grand? No, no, the S-O-B-O-L. Oh, no, nope, nope. My dad, now, this this whole claim prompted me to, like, sit down and, you know, I'm 50 fucking three years old. And he's he's trying to get me to remember a conversation that maybe I had with my dad after so many conversations. But I started kind of thinking about it. And I was like, I remember my dad saying, Bruce could come down here, buy a shitty trailer for my sister, Jessica. And I put emphasis on that because it'll be funny later. Um... <laughs> um, and and Bruce would fix it up and dad could keep hold of the trailer like he would own it and just could live in it That that's the only thing that I vaguely remember dad talking about as far dad would have called me and said I just started my own LLC Sobo Realty we're going to buy up you know small pieces of land and, and none of that he never said any of that to me which dad would have so Bruce's claim that my father uh, that he sent my father $20,000 down to Florida was already erroneous to me because it would have been the other way around. Bruce was the one doing the work and buying the property. Why would why would Bruce send it to dad? And just and just so you know, SOBOL um, Inc is as close as I could get um, 
was filed in July 18th of 1927. <laughs> okay, so Bruce it found a time machine. By proclamation on August 13th of 1936. So not a total falsehood. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know what? I, I love I love the research that's going on in the background of this episode. Uh, look, that's what you got me here for, Brian. You, and you are earning the four dollar Amazon gift card. I'm going to send you for this. You're not sending me shit. We both know that. <laughs> four dollars. How about two dollars? <laughs> um. How about twenty thousand? So, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but your dad and I are best friends. I did know that, <laughs> and I I sent you the check. I don't know. Check your mailbox. I just I, se- I just sent it sixteen months ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can imagine during this entire process of dealing with my dad's death and dealing with probate, I can't be the. Uh, executioner of my dad's will. I love that. I don't like ex- executor. I like executioner of my dad's will. Um, you, you killed the will. I killed it, man. I can't do it. Um, Bruce presents a check to me and a a bill saying, I would like this $20,000 back. I was so outraged. I sat with it for a couple a couple days and then I finally said, hey, and I talked to a lawyer friend that I had and she said, you know, get a copy of the check. And I, I texted him and I said, could you send me a copy of the check that my dad signed, endorsed and cashed? He said, sure. The check said Sobel Realty on it. So we've already dis- established that that was copyright infringement because <laughs> Bruce didn't establish that. And what did you say? 1919. 1927. Yeah, 19, yeah, Bruce is not that old, and you'll figure that out from the letter he wrote. He's not that old. I mean, you would have had to, like, been at General Washington's wedding to have owned that trademark. So uh, it had that on it. And then the back, uh, ironically enough, and my lawyer friend brought up that it was check 1001. Mm-hmm. I just happened to fall on the 1001st check. Like, he's just feverishly writing checks. Oh, look, you're the first one of a new book. And uh, I saw the signature. And uh, my dad had a very unique signature. One that I I have my entire life tried to forge and cannot. I just can't. But but also keep in mind that Bruce went to jail (laughs) for making hundreds of thousands of uh, of dollars for forging signatures. Correct, correct. So I am to believe that what he is presenting me is true. And the second I looked at it, I was like, no, the second my sister saw it, no, no, that's not that signature, no, no, no. Like she was sure than I'll ever be. You could fool me, I'm I'm easy. Um, <laughs> fuck. I'm really, that's my New Year's resolution, to not, to not be so easy. Um, he still brought me back. I did, You're like this, this is your second or third appearance? You're all over this podcast, though, because, like, you you know, I've, I've... Yeah, well, you hear my you hear my dumb voice in the background going, Are you trying to lose? Or my stupid laugh. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, all stupid. So, um, <laughs> so I'm like, I decide that, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use probate for what it's for. And I sent Bruce a text, and I said, if you have a legitimate claim 
against my father's estate and he owes you this money and you can present legal documentation, um, you can have it. That's what it's for. And I, I knew it didn't exist. Meanwhile. And, and, and just to back up, Brian, just, yeah. to, just a little bit of clarity here. He's trying to make a claim on the estate because he wrote a check to your dad for 20 grand to invest in this real estate venture that the two of them were going in on together. Correct. And somehow that money that goes into a real estate venture is now owed back to him somehow. Correct. So even if it's a legitimate check and background, the whole nine yards, I'm having a tough time putting A and B together as to why that's money owed to him. It just sounds to me like it's, if anything, if he did write that check, just money pissed down an investment. Correct. Because, well, um, most states have very strict um, realty laws. So if you do venture into a uh, realty agreement with somebody and it's not written, then it doesn't exist. Mm. So that's what, what, and this is what I love about lawyers, guys. Lawyers are fucking dirtbags, but they are necessary to sort of sit down and be like, hey, this is, the, and, and, you know, I knew the claim was bullshit from the get-go, but my lawyer says, hey, here's how those things work. And as soon as he said it, I said, so he has no claim. And he's like, no, but he still has to address it. Yeah. So now this becomes something that gets attached to the probate that needs to be settled uh, completely before they can com uh, finish the estate, which ended up being a complete, ended up prolonging settling the estate by four months because Bruce's lawyer finally um, we wouldn't. He never signed any of the stuff to say, "Hey, no, none of these claims are real," and it was it was proven. Uh, I had to chase him. I had to call him once and say, "Hey, I'm on my way down there to get this stuff signed." And then he sent what I wanted him to send. But then, to finalize the whole thing, the judge finally had to say, "We agree that everything has been satisfied, even though we haven't heard back from this guy." So these guys can hold this stuff up forever, and that's what they do. How much money do you think Bruce spent on that attorney? Uh, none, because the attorney was probably just working on um, getting a percentage of whatever he got back. Yeah. So that that's how these, these cunts work. Sorry. <laughs> so n now let, let's, let's just step up the outrage and, and talk about like when I was cleaning out my dad's house. Um, you know... It, it, as I've said, it was just depressing. I, I don't want to go into the details. You can go back and listen to all the episodes where it's raw emotion because it's better. But um, there was a painting in the living room. And Bruce called me and said he painted it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of all the complexities of this man, I can just picture him sitting with natural light falling around his shoulders with one of those weird fucking beret hats on, <laughs> getting ready to like paint a masterpiece. Did you, did you, did you see Escape from, Alcatraz, uh, uh, Escape from Alcatraz, the old Clint Eastwood movie? Of course. Yeah, of course. the painter, the painter guy in there. Yeah, that's this prick. That's who, I, that's, how, that's who I want you to envision as we're talking about this guy. So... He calls me and he says, I gave your dad 
that that painting. I would like it back. Could you set it aside? I don't remember you telling me that he painted it. I thought he had just delivered it as a gift. No, no. He said he painted it. He said he painted it. Now, I, I, I want to give, give an adequate description of what this, this canvas, uh, <laughs> this particular canvas brought to All mind. I'm envisioning before you dig into it. All I'm envisioning is uh, the movie Napoleon Dynamite. When Napoleon shows up to the girl's house and he hands her the, the, the pencil sketch that he did in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I like three hours working on the shading of your upper lip. <laughs> it's a liger. <laughs> yeah, he painted a he painted a liger. The best animal ever. Um, so I looked at this painting, and it was one of those paintings that you could easily put vertical or horizontal and get the same effect. Not, not in a clever way. It was also one of these paintings that reminded me of the paintings that you walked through any mall in the 80s and they were like, dude, just look at it slightly out of focus and you'll see a pony. <laughs> <laughs> like it gave me retinal damage trying to fucking change. <laughs> this, one was, this one was, hey, if you look at it slightly out of focus, it looks slightly out of focus. <laughs> yeah, it looks, like, it looks like a fucking highway robbery. It looks like somebody fucking holding up somebody's fucking estate. So, <laughs> so it honestly, I'll tell you, it looked like what an artist does to wipe his brushes off to change colors. It was a little, it was like swipes of white hair, swipes of blue, swipes. Of, it looked completely jumbled, completely confused. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I could look at, I could look at a Jackson Pollock and be like, that looks like. Um, Eddie Murphy, no, uh, Eddie Van Halen's guitar. I, 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 I challenge anyone to look at a Jackson Pollock and not think of 1987 Van Halen, Eddie Murphy's guitar. It's insane. Um, this thing, I don't know. It didn't evoke any, any emotion in me whatsoever other than okay I'm gonna set it aside for this guy because when I called him and told him about my dad and brother he broke down and wept this must have come this must have come with the town home <laughs> I, I <clears throat> excuse me I'm sorry um I, I set it aside and because I couldn't get to the four hour drive back and forth I had a realtor handle like the cleaning out of the house and the realtor went in and did the same thing that I did when she saw this photo. She tossed it in a fucking dumpster. I didn't ask her to set it aside, um, but she threw it out. Or, or... They had to throw the dumpster out because the dumpster was so ugly. Yeah, of some, of the, some of the paint got on the dumpster and they were like, we can't keep this. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or I also took all of dad's furniture and donated it to some girl in the neighborhood that was trying to get a like a tumor operation. Like the realtor came up to me and she says, what are you going to do with the lawnmower and the couch and all this stuff? I'm like, I don't want any of it. The bedroom set. I yeah. said, you by all means take that stuff and, and sell it. And she says, well, there's somebody in the neighborhood. Maybe the realtor was bullshitting me and it's sitting in her living room. But I was like, take all of it. And I, she might have taken the photo. Wherever the wherever the wherever the painting ended up, I didn't have it. 
So Bruce starts hounding me during this process. He says, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And I finally had to tell him, listen, I'm really sorry, but it was thrown out. And he was like, I'm, uh, that's really disappointing. What I, what I didn't know was he called his lawyer and he said, tack on another hundred grand to the 120 that we're trying to get from the estate because $120,000 this guy tried to get. He tacked on his own price tag of his own artwork of a, of a hundred grand saying that that was owed to him by the Sobolewski estate. Can, can I just ask you a question? I'm going to just do some extra research here just to justify the hundred grand. If you can give me Bruce's last name, I'm just going to do a quick art search. Oh boy. Uh, Patton. P-A-T-T-E-N. All right. So we're just going to go look at. Oh, this. I'm sorry. He, he paints under the uh, pseudonym Monet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking here. Okay. The best I can do is there's a guy named Justin Patton. Justin. The best I can do is a Justin Patton. Okay. And uh, you should look it up. It just looks like to toxic masculinity. But otherwise, I'm, I'm having a tough time just trying to look going to the market to, okay. to go up some of his other work. Is it possible he is so good that he only paints for a select number of clients, my father being one of them? Mm. Hold on a second. All right, I'm taking a look. Uh, what city did your was your dad living in? Trinity, Florida. Mm, Trinity, what? Florida. Trinity, Florida. Art. Mm -hmm. yeah, you'll probably see a Dairy um, Queen. You can get a tattoo. That's what okay. I did. <laughs> <laughs> of, the, of the Trinity. Um, oh shit! No, I see a, a, a piece of work here that says uh, twenty thousand dollar real estate. Yeah, but it 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 looks like a um, it's just a painted check. Oh yeah, I'm zooming in on it. It's a it's painted just, blank check. Yeah, it's, uh, it just says one zero one. One Yeah, but it's computer code for fuck you. It's really artistic. <laughs> I, it's it's going for twenty thousand dollars. Oh. I should get on that. We should bid. It's on, um, it's not on Etsy. It's on um, Betsy, which is actually just this old lady that you have to call. Exactly. Well, uh, who's, what's the website that just changed their name? Like they shortened it and they're trying to let everybody know. Um, uh, God, never mind. All right. So we're going down a path. We're going down a path. Rabbit hole. It's the last episode, guys. Just hang out. It's fine. It's by the way, the letter's great. We are milking it a little bit, but the letter is gonna be. It's gonna be worth it. So hang in here. Yeah, yeah. Want, want, totally wanted to give the background story of this whole thing and and how the whole process of two grieving people, um, me and my sister, waiting for some closure to this whole thing was interrupted by at least four months by by an asshole that uh, saw an opportunity. In, in two people's tragic ending. So that's how I wanted to punctuate that. So now uh, I talked to my lawyer and I said, is there any chance that he's going to get this 20 grand? He's like, 20 grand? It's 120 grand. And that's when I was just, whew, I, <laughs> that hit me like a ton of shit. That hit me like 
potentially any of our victims before we robbed them must have felt. So I'm trying to identify here. Um, when he said that he had put the extra 100000 on for the painting that had been destroyed, I was just, I was like, wow. So I'm like, he, he actually can do this. And my lawyer's like, yep. So, so beware people. This is why my mother was so brilliant by taking her estate and, and calling it a limited liability corporation, which cost her five grand, but at the same time avoided the whole probate process. The only thing that you're doing by skipping that process is telling your creditors they can go fuck themselves. And they can. I don't know that anyone would lose sleep over that. So I get after everything is said and done, I get a letter, an emailed letter, which is going to be the entire topic of this episode. Um, I want to read it. And as I read it, uh, Casey is going to interrupt and, and sort of add whatever he feels uh, or, or punctuate. So it says, Brian, I've been mulling over sending this for some time now. As your response to the 20K confirms that you agree that I am somewhat responsible for your father's death. As I, yeah. okay. Opening sentence. I'm not done. I'm not, opening sentence. As I didn't go stay with him while he kept asking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what an opening joke. So response to the 20K. So he's not even acknowledging the 100 no. in 20K. No. He's just because he knows he's, he's, he knows that that, 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 art, that was a dumb move on his part. I... I, I I would tend to agree with you because you and I are, I don't know, somewhat logical, but I don't know. I don't know that I can even draw that conclusion because you're going to come out of the gate blaming me for blaming you? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, because you didn't because you didn't give him $20,000, that's obviously you blaming him for your father's demise. Yeah. Because, of course, your father's demise is an ongoing investigation. They haven't found the murderer yet, right? Correct, correct. No, uh, OJ's working on it right now. Got it, got it. So, Bruce, you're in the hunt, according to your letter. <laughs> yeah. Just so you yeah. know, you can get a call. Uh, okay, so uh, now he goes on to say, Your dad and I were best friends, and he called daily, knowing that I am alone, with the four hours or so of sleep. I might get each night. Now, first of all, let's pause there. I'm a dad. Okay. To get four hours of sleep is a gift. <laughs> what is it, a Sunday? Oh, fuck, dude. Just at, at any time, everything moves, stuff happens. You know, my, you know, sleeping next to another human and having a dog. Like, dude. Gross. Yeah, I know. That's disgusting. It's, it's, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this guy's living the best life at four hours a night. Uh, thank you. Okay, but um, tell me if this is the reason why you only get four hours. Got it. Okay. As the stress from unrelenting cortisol and hypervigilance, I'm told, okay. is debilitating and affecting me to the point he was worried after a number of my hospital visits escalated. Okay, so yeah, wait, 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 wait. 
Cortisol and hypervigilance are not diagnoses. Uh, he has unrelenting cortisol, Brian. Yeah, unrelenting. <laughs> like that cortisol is like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> you know? Wait, wait, I, I, you know what I like better? Hypervigilant, unrelenting cortisol. What do you, I feel. Depress you and make you fat at any time. Yeah, I feel like that sounds like a, like a, a punk band in the 80s. Hypervigilant, unrelenting cortisol. He goes, it's debilitating and affecting me to the point. Yep. He was worried after a number of my hospital visits escalated. Correct. I'd like to know what that escalation was. I've never been to an escalated hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, no stairs. There's, there's nothing that... <laughs> no stairs anywhere. I had to get in an elevator and <laughs> escalate. Wow. manager of managers for this particular visit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I got to tell you something. If the number of hospital visits escalate, it means you don't have a problem they can address. It means that like, hey, guy, uh, all right, yeah, go away. And Did that's going to the doctor. Hey, uh, Dr. Sobolewski, uh, man, I've got this unrelenting cortisol going on right now. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I We have to sit in the next episode and come up with the very, very clever name for the medication that quells unrelenting cortisol. Probably 120 grand. Because at, cause at this point, it's I feel like after I heard Sky Rizzy, I feel like, no, that's Snoop Dogg. They're paying Snoop Dogg to come up with the names. Um, I want to know the name of the medication that fixes that. Now, uh, hospital visits escalating. At some point, you either have to lose faith in the medical establishment or you don't have a problem. Um, and he goes on to say, it made a difference knowing I had a friend who cared enough to be concerned. His calls were usually the only phone call I had on any given day for years. So uh, apparently that's why he had to keep going back to the hospital. His doctor would not call him back. Mm, <laughs> um, he's like, dude, I can't help unrelenting. Do you imagine being one of his friends back in the day? No, he didn't have any. Right there, it says it. Years ago. Oh, pre any phone calls for years? Yeah, pre phone okay. calls for years. Okay. Like his friends are like, can we stop talking about unrelenting cortisol, Bruce? <laughs> He's like, will you clear your throat? I can hear the cortisol, cortisol in the back of your throat. And because and, you know this guy is shaking down everybody, every estate. Uh, uh, hold on, Case. Can you hold on a second? My uh, cortisol is just unrelenting. Oh, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go answer it. Dude, I'm so sorry. I was just, I was so hyper vigilant that I didn't know. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. All right. So uh, to continue, uh, he says, I live in a space a little larger than a walk-in closet. Um, 211 square feet that costs $609 a month. Okay, guys, anyone of my listeners that has a 211 foot square foot closet, will you please text me on Facebook? Please. I will rent it. For six hundred and ten dollars a month. Hundred nine dollars a month. 
610. 600, I'm offering 610. 611. I'm at 6. Oh, my God. But you have kids, guys, uh, and a dog. He has kids and a dog. Don't do it. <laughs> I want this place. 211 square feet. Tell I'm me about that. Like, I can't visualize 200. Tell me what 211 square feet is. Is that like a, a Tacoma? A Toyota Tacoma? <laughs> what is that? What is that? Is that, a, is that an F-150? Well, it depends on which F-150. Are we talking a, a Texas F-150? Not the extended cab, because I think that's 411 square feet. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I saw a pool in the back of one the other day. Yeah, Texas clearly does not believe the polar ice caps are melting by anything that we're doing to them. Bro, Texas has its own edition of a vehicle, I think, made by Chevy. Like, Yeah, it's, it's called the Go Fuck Yourself. <laughs> it's called the good luck breathing in 10 years. It's called the, it's called the, you're kind. We don't like your kind. Um, okay. So, um, he, uh, he goes on to say, I go only to the VA hospital, gym and supermarket. It's inconceivable to pretend there's any purpose to my days, much less any sense of accomplishment to the end of each which has me always asking why with the constant pain from a broken back 52 years ago and severe insomnia boom let's put those together wow broke his back 52 years ago and he's I... he's only 49 <laughs> that's that's a part of it that's fucking crazy <laughs> I don't know as a three year old if you're talking to me about your hypervigilance I'm gonna snap your back too He's like, my uh, my mother didn't breastfeed me. That's when the cortisol levels just fucking went up. My back just snapped. Snapped. <laughs> I broke my back. It sounded like Orville Redenborker was fucking making popcorn in my kitchen. He broke his back 52 years ago. 50 uh, and severe insomnia. But wait a second, Case. I got to tell you something. He ended it with a question mark. I want to read that again because he's asking me a question. Yeah, please, do it, please do it as, as it's written. All right. I don't even I don't even know if I can. I go only to the I go only to the VA hospital, gym, and supermarket. It's inconceivable to pretend there's any purpose to my days, much less any sense of accomplishment at the end of each, which has me always asking, with the constant pain from a broken back fifty two years ago and severe insomnia question mark. Where's the question? That's a bad line read, Brian. I did? Can I do it? Go. Can I try? Yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, be Bruce. I go only to the VA hospital, gym, and supermarket. It's inconceivable. Right? Right? From Princess Bride? Yeah. Inconceivable <laughs> to pretend there's any purpose to my days, much less any sense of accomplishment at the end of each, which has me always asking why? With the constant pain from a broken back 52 years ago and severe insomnia? He forgot his uh, addiction to iocane powder. He sh he's shooting up a pound of iocane powder <laughs> a day. Okay, so, all right. Uh, the question, I say no. What is your answer to that question? I'm going to say no. Okay, good, good. All right. Whew. Answer no question. There's more, guys. I wish I wish the letter was over, but it's, it's more. You're, it's better. Yeah, it really does. Um, he goes on to say, your dad knew 
that I am a 100% disabled veteran, 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 <laughs> veteran with uh, severe PTSD and suicidal ideation. A chronic, yeah. a chronic risk assessment, according to the VA, and although Bellevue Hospital had me for a brief time after your dad died, but they can only keep me as long as I'm chronic risk. And the law states there are limitations to locking us up. I wish I could just post that sentence for you to understand the lack of periods and punctuation. Wow. I'm trying to read it like the way he wrote it, guys. So if I sound stupid, no, this is the way it was written. Yeah, there's no... And seriously, please, guys, if you're going to write a suicide note, spell check it. Spell check it. I've never heard the term suicidal ideation. Uh, that is, um, that's what he got from the VA. So, uh, and this, back when I was, I was. Regular PTSD. No, this is severe PTSD. Now look. Regular PTSD is actually pretty good. But he capitalized the P, T, and the S, and the D, which is, we don't need to, uh, we don't need to modify PTSD. And also he is a chronic risk assessment, which I don't know what that means. Maybe if we get a doctor on here to ask what No, it means chronic risk for suicide. So when, when they say suicidal ideation, when I say I'm suicidal, the next thing is, do you have a plan? Because if you have a plan, that means you have the actual ideation. It means you turned it into an idea. From there, they say he's a high risk, so let's watch him every 15 minutes. But it turns out here they let him go. Yeah, they said, they said you're good. They said, you're good. Here, here's a box of razor blades. Good night. Like it, 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 suicide is such a there's such a fine line between I'm thinking about it and I'm making a threat to I'm gonna yeah. do it and no one once that once that switch is flipped and I gotta tell you this this is the one thing about my brother that I think more about my brother than I do my dad on any given day because I still can't process what it took and I knew how bad my brother was suffering I really did but he couldn't find light in anything and he got that from my grandmother the, like that is depression on a level that I, I, you know I could say I know but I would never walk into my dad's I fucking don't bedroom think you're with it, Brian. I don't what's think it you're touched. you don't think what I don't think you're touched with that level of depression you know I, I don't think so either and I, I feel I feel for anybody that does feel that level because uh to, to, to make that decision, to, to not be able to talk yourself down off that ledge to me is yeah. very difficult for me to, to, I just can't. I've always been able to do that. Just, just to be clear with all this, we don't believe any of this. Like none of what's being written here, this is all gaslighting. This yeah. is all bullshit. This is a con man. Con man shit. This is a, this is a last ditch effort to try to extort something yep. out of because uh, you and I, Brian, the, the reason why you're bringing me on for the last episode, you and I have been through some of the darkest shit that, you know, that obviously you've displayed on the, the, the podcast, but just moments where things are bad. No. And uh, obviously what your your dad and your brother went through are, are horrific. And so in no way are we trying to make fun of depression or suicide anything along these lines because it's it's awful i've been touched by it you've been touched by it so many 
people in our cast and, and our friends have been touched by it. What we're trying to do is exploit somebody that is trying to leverage the fact that he knows we've been touched by these things to try to extort money from you. And I just want to be so clear on that because he's writing the most insane, stupid shit. <laughs> really is. no fucking sense. Oh. Um, which is, again, which is why I spent a lot of time sending this letter out to the people that I trusted saying, hey, I don't, I don't want to put anybody's shit out there, but this letter should have been sent to a qualified professional for help. And he's saying, hey, he didn't get help. If you're turning to me... <laughs> That help you well, got it. He went to Bellevue, and even Bellevue was like, "Nah." Yeah, off. Bellevue said no, so he turned to Bry. Anyone of my friends out there that knows me knows that if I love you, there's no way in hell I'm giving you twenty grand. <laughs> there's just no way. You know that. So I just got myself. You guys must know that. <laughs> you know, there's no way. Yeah, no, it, it's like you you would be sitting at the send button with the arrow after writing this, being like, no, I'm not sending this because there's no way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. I did send you a letter. Um, I painted something for your dad. Oh. I haven't sent it yet, but it's worth half a million dollars. All right. All right. So, I paint. I painted twenty things for your dad. You'll find them in his kitchen drawer. They're stamps, and uh, they're all worth a hundred grand. So you owe me a lot. Oh, man. Okay, so so this letter, uh, the, he ends that paragraph after um, the law states there are limitations to locking us up. Um, he says more minuses than pluses. Wait, more minuses. Then pluses means dot, dot, dot. Uh, I believe the dot, dot, dot means he's going to continue. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, the, uh, and by the way, uh, spoiler alert, there are no pluses in this letter. Not a single one. <laughs> I might I might add a paragraph at the end just to bring you guys up a little bit. Like, <laughs> happy, happy, joy, joy. It's actually a dick pic at the end we're going to post. Yeah, website. yeah. Um... Okay, next paragraph, because, wow, there's a lot. Like, I, I, I'm i being brought back to grade school where I'm, like, looking ahead at how much more we have to read and I'm starting to fall asleep. Um, yeah. As you know, I managed to get your dad released from prison a year and a half earlier than the judge wanted to by threatening the judge with a case law on ABC, CBS, and NBC national news exposure. As John related when he exited, thanking his lawyer, and the lawyer said, thank me, as I was the instrument. I was happy to do it when Kevin called me, saying they would not release your dad. And I'm sure you know I supported your uncle's, your uncle's family for more than a year at your father's request, as I had money then. I'm going to tell you something. My father would have said, my dad never need. my grandmother had plenty of money. My dad never needed anybody else to support anyone, ever. And that's a flat out blatant fucking lie. And, and, and I think we've all heard the stories about when you threaten a judge 
Yeah. And it works out really well, right? Does, well, no, the paperwork shit, like, no. The guy is trying to get credit for a, a paperwork error that happened every single day in prison. So you got you got your letter. The, the, what a, Within 24 hours of being in prison, they slide an envelope under your, your door and they show you what you were charged with, what you pled, all the dates, your prospective uh, release date. That's called your paperwork, and you carry that everywhere. Right. Every, yeah, every once in a while, they'll slide a new one under your, under your fucking door that's totally wrong, may have a different middle name. Like, you can imagine fuck-ups, because no one gives a shit. There's no regulating of paperwork in prison, so if a letter's off and you happen to match with some other dude and they fuck up your dates, happens all the time. So this this obviously happened with my dad's case, and the judge looked at it and said, "Fuck John Sobolewski. Don't give a shit. He was probably dealing with ten rapists that day, and didn't give a shit when Dad was getting out." So this guy decided he was going to call and say, "Hey, well, we hear you're keeping prisoners past their time," and apparently they don't like bad press. But I don't know, man. I can't imagine any courthouse being like, "Oh, better get John out of here quick." You know what I mean? I just. Oh, wow. Because you can imagine ABC going, <laughs> you've got a heartfelt story about a guy that robbed 23 jewelry stores. Yeah. And uh, they're keeping them for an extra 18 months. Oh, no. Week. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. I also have to bring out a very good point, and this is why I should be a lawyer. The same dude doesn't call for ABC, CBS, and NBC. Hi, I'm calling for ABC, CBS, and national newspapers. <laughs> no, they all make separate calls. And that's how you decide, oh, this is a shitstorm. So I don't buy any of that paragraph. And it makes me angry, to be honest with you. Um, so, he goes on to say that he applied for and was approved for an SBA EIDL loan for your dad. So he applied for my dad. Why? Why wouldn't my dad apply? Sounds like a straw man purchase. Totally does. After, he says, after we discussed it, to have access to immediately funding for remodeling, as he said, he had around 20K in the bank at the time. A trailer he initially wanted to buy and remodel and rent, which did not pan out as we were going to do something real estate related. And that was what I knew if he found something, he would contribute his 20K and I would fly down and we would commence. Commence. It's a weird word. But you know. They would you commence. Right. Hey, every time. Case, every I'm, time. I'm coming to uh, Delray next week and we're going to commence. You got my 20K? <laughs> Get that 20K, dude. Okay, so with my 20K, he'd have 40K instant cash to make a down payment before someone else did if he found something and I didn't... And I don't have to pay the SBA EDL loan for 18 months from August 2021. Okay, so he applied for this loan for my dad. Yep. So it's in his name. Okay. So according to him, he sent it to my dad. So if my dad found a trailer, he'd have 40K. Am I reading this right? It sounds to me like he still held on to the 20k. Yeah, I don't I, yeah, I don't get the transfer of a 20k to my dad in that paragraph. Like he just paid the 20k back. Yeah. But he doesn't have to for 18 months till 2021. Well, he did get funded on it and just never 
And I also hear that Biden is going to forgive him. Because it, because it was an education for him. Yeah, yeah, he got schooled. Um, <laughs> so here, here, here comes the guilt trip in the next paragraph. So, he was surprised and taken aback. Taken aback. Taken aback. Taken aback. Now wait, he has back problems, so I can't imagine that's good. You took his back, dude. I... <laughs> I'm waiting for it. I, I ordered him another one on Amazon. They're waiting. It's not shipped. Um, he was taken aback when he apprised me of the 20K. He loaned my dad in the LLC he opened. So my dad opened an LLC for real estate. When I told him to file a probate claim, he erroneously figured I wanted him I wanted it documented for taxes as the 20K would lower your tax expenditure and the filing for four days late, I'm told, and not a word from you. Okay, let me tell you something, guys. I don't pay taxes on inheritance. Florida, you do not pay any inheritance tax. So whatever the fuck he's talking about, about an LLC and me wanting to document the 20K for taxes, I don't know where he's getting that. He's pulling that right out of his ass. I don't think New York, where he's from, or Jersey, has an in very few states have an inheritance tax anymore. Okay. So, but he's trying to help me. You can see it. Now, he says, "Not I didn't even offer him a a partial offering of the twenty k." If I was having reservations, maybe I should have just given him two grand. Like, what is... Yeah, man, just settle. I really should have. Damn it. However, my podcasts, which he listens to, <laughs> do not sound like the same person who would take this position. So he's... Uh, it sounds exactly like the fucking person that would take this position. Right, so I mean, wait, he's, he's, listening to, he's listening to my podcast thinking, I'm getting 20 grand. I'm listening to the whole podcast series about a guy that robs people, goes to fucking prison. This guy sounds like a sweetheart. Uh, I'm going to get that soft spot and give me that 20K. Yeah. But wow, you sound like a different person when you're not on, when you're not on fucking microphone. Guys, I can tell you, you've all met me that, that follow this podcast, and no, that is not true at all. I'm a dick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um... So, I've been thinking you obviously don't think much of me, and you're right. Whew. We should end the letter there, actually. Yeah, I wish, but he did put a period there. <laughs> I was, then he says, now here comes the, the woe. I certainly not have amounted to anything. Hold on, dude. You used to go into fucking law firms, write yourself a check for 90 grand, and sit back for fucking months doing nothing on the fruits of your labor, dude, you had a great life. All right. Wow. It's no wonder why I'm still alone at my age and there are obviously no brighter days ahead of me. So begs the question, why am I? Could you read, go ahead, reread that. See, because I don't think I'm doing that justice because the punctual, he didn't... <laughs> 
it's no wonder why I'm still alone at my age, and there are obviously no brighter days ahead of me. So begs the question, why am I? But. <laughs> that sounds so shotnery. The point is, you are actually helping me make a decision I've been putting off for years. Mostly because I'm a coward, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. All right. I don't think we need to harp on that too much because I think that's him hoping that we'll talk about that and encourage behavior that neither of us want to happen. Right. And he helps us in the next paragraph with the but I digress. I'm 74 this year with mental health issues and in pain. Now, that's the cortisol, right? The unrelenting cortisol. Unrelenting cortisol, got it. No, Case, because some people, all people have cortisol. Got it. Okay. Oh, that's unrelenting. Okay, I have herpes. I have hey. unrelenting herpes. Yeah, I just have regular herpes. Oh, so you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes on, I pee in an empty gallon milk container by my bed. I don't know what's wrong with his bathroom. Right. He has a uh, what a two hundred and eleven square foot. Like he's still going to the supermarket and the gym. Like, dude, he's hitting the gym. Right. But when he's got a pee, he's got to hit that gallon <laughs> he's jug. Got to hit the gallon jug. He saw Rocky. I don't know. Um, he doesn't go anywhere. Wait. He Wait, goes to the on. gym. He goes to the supermarket. Wait a minute. If things change, did it take him a while to write this? He does go to the hospital a lot. Uh, yes. Peace out, dude. Gym, supermarket. Got it. But then he doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, because I don't think the milk container travels well. No. No. And if it's whole milk. So, uh, <laughs> that curdles. Um, I don't go anywhere, so I'm not going to be missing anything. Another reiteration to the miserable paragraph prior to it. Mm-hmm. I literally don't know anyone anymore. Well, you know Brian because you emailed him. Yeah, and you, whew. and he knows my sister. We think. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I do not have anywhere to go. Every day is the same as yesterday. Welcome to life, prick. Um, that that wasn't in the letter. Um, not trying to sound. Maudlin? What is that? That's a good that's a good word, dude. Is I'm it? Gonna, Did you have to look it up? I'm gonna look it up real quick. Please, Hold man. Because then he goes on to Morose. I know Morose. I said Microsoft Word hit that up. They don't know what it is. Uh, pitying. Oh, okay. I or morose, which is like death or you know, dark. Or feeling sorry for myself. It's just the way it is. I'm not complaining. I don't know, man. The six paragraphs before that look like complaining to me, but let's go on. Your lack, my la- again, with my lack of a response proves my point, and I thank you for it. So this is a thank you letter? Yeah. yeah. A- and he says, after all, if your dad asked me to just give you the 20K, I would say fine. And I think that's where I'll leave it. But he doesn't. Huh. I am going to write him a letter and say, my dad said for you to give me the jug you piss in. Um, oh, dude. dude. 
that's probably worth a hundred grand. I would, I'd pay that. I mean, his painting was worth a hundred grand. Our- I'm gonna ask him to paint the jug. Mm. Two hundred grand. Okay, so he says he's gonna leave it. So Brian, as I never knew you well, your dad spoke highly of you and your success at day trading. Day trading. Yeah. You- talks about that a lot on the podcast well um no he's calling i am a human trafficker and i do it during the day got it so he's calling me out and uh and as a trainer he says while bemoaning that kevin demanded most of his attention and saying that you were lucky in that regard and did not need his guidance as your capabilities were ahead of his i don't know man i couldn't have pulled a store off by myself i tried uh, yeah, I don't, I, 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 <laughs> now, uh, he left me feeling, I wish I had a son like you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want a son who I put a legitimate claim for 20 grand forward and he wouldn't pay me? Like, what? <laughs> wow. I Like, I'm so happy to be... Di- Day trading, yeah. Personal trainer son. Yeah. A day trading. Per- what is a day trader? Well, when it's daytime and you trade like lunch, I think. Is that like the the vampires that can go around in the day? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, All right. Now I, I got it. Now I got it. And he wants. He wish he had a son like me. It's Blade. You're Wesley Snipes. Last paragraph. Is this the last paragraph? Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Please have a wonderful Christmas with Jennifer. Jennifer? Yeah, Jennifer. Who's Jennifer? Gen- Jennifer is, uh, 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 I dated her in third grade. She sat uh, in the third row, two seats back. Nobody. It's nobody. This, this is the outrage. This is why each paragraph gets more outrageous than the last, because he's talking about Jessica, my sister. Wait, what? Yeah, that's Jessica, my sister. Oh, your sister, got it. Yeah. The one, he's very, you know, because he's very aware of your family. This is my dad's best friend. Called him every day. Called him every day. My dad had three conversations. This is what Brian's doing. This is what Kev is doing. This is what Jessica's doing. Dad, he didn't have such a wide variety of topics. Dad was protecting her identity. Oh. You might have something, and we just fucked it up. I only know that because I am your dad's best friend. <laughs> um, I have your painting here. Oh shit! You want to come claim it? If you have twenty no, I'm days. Just for hundred k, dude. Now, um, please have a wonderful Christmas with Jennifer, and I know your dad loved you more than you'll know. So he knows how much my dad loved me more than I do. If you, he's asking me, if I could take a bit of the 20K and buy a bottle of champagne with it and have a glass, saluting my dad. That's a whole sentence. He put a period after that. Yeah. Can you just read that sentence again? Yeah. If you could take a bit of the 20K and please buy a bottle of champagne with it and have a glass, saluting your father. That's just, he just put a period mid sentence. Yeah, that's it. Sentence is over. The 20, if you could take, a bit of the fictional 20k and buy a fictional bottle of champagne and 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 toast 
my fictional best friend. I'd appreciate it. Then he says, take care, Brian and Jennifer. He means it from the bottom of his heart. Which is filled with unrelenting cortisol. And is also in the bottom of the gallon jug that he pees in. <laughs> I, only, I only hope the best for me. Uh, I only wish, only wish the best for you. I, and uh, I wish I did more for your dad then. As he might still be here if I hadn't been so selfish with my time. Yeah, got enough, isn't it? Just go, you know what, man? Just go over and go in John's house. Wow. Like, case, uh, every person that I've sent this to all has the same reaction. Like, fuck, that guy's fucking out of his mind. And, and he did get to me. I read this and I was like, wow, this is just so sad because he just throws so much stuff at me that, like, this, this is the last thing that, that anyone in my position would ever want to receive after this person clogged up my ability to get yeah. get my funds, tried to take a third of them or more. Like, this guy just didn't... This guy put his hands in the cookie jar and said, fuck it. He didn't stop at the, the 20. He said, and I know... I, I can hear this conversation. Hey, you know what? They threw away my painting. Let's say it's worth 100 grand and see what we can do. And the lawyer said, sure. The lawyer knew it was fucking Bruce's work. And the lawyer didn't say, dude, your fucking work isn't worth 100 fucking grand. And I'm going to tell you, I can't verify that that was Bruce's painting. And I'll also tell you what the law would look at that as. You gave a $100,000 painting to a guy? That's a gift. When you give an engagement ring to a woman, go ahead and try to get it back. No judge in the world gives you that ring back. And that's what my lawyer... Bruce was trying to marry your dad. It's possible, but, you know, there's different customs in fucking fairy tale land. You give paintings instead of diamonds. Um... So so as soon as as soon as I knew that he wanted a hundred grand for the painting, I knew I watched enough Judge Wapner to know you sent something worth that much to a person, you idiot. What are you thinking? Yeah. And you're not getting it back. And you're not getting the twenty grand back because so my lawyer called me once once this was filed and he said, Hey, when I win this, I want you to send me a case of my favorite wine. And I said, sure, at the time, because I was so upset. But then at the end of it, I said, go fuck yourself for doing your job. I'm not sending you wine for doing the job I paid you for. The guy got 6% of the estate. So so this, this is the wrap-up, man. This is the wrap-up show that just ends this stupidness. So, Brian, right. uh, Brian, a couple questions for you. Go. So you've had, you've had some time to, yeah, you've, you've moved away, you've kind of reset up, you've... Um, you know, put yourself in a new in a new position, and yeah, we're we're pretty harsh on uh, Bruce here, but um, that's a quite the gaslighting letter. I, I want to circle back up here and and ask you, uh, how are you doing now in the morning period? It's been what uh, year and a half, two years? No, it's been a year. It's been a year. One year. It was one year, February eleventh. Okay. Um, how are you doing? Nah, not good. <laughs> and and not good because of the morning period. It just professionally so much has happened in my life with with yeah. that 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 didn't add to it. But I th- like I said, I think about my brother all the time, and and part of it's because I drive his car, 
So I'm reminded of them every day, but I don't know that that would be different otherwise. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going. I'm just moving at this point. Texas, yeah. Texas probably isn't for me. Um, uh, I don't like, again, as we spoke, you know, from Florida to here, uh, you got to be pretty fucking desperate and want to, to leave somewhere pretty bad to choose this as the next stop. But I have a life that affords me that ability to check out every yeah. state in this union, man. I want to, I want to live everywhere. So I have to start living my life case. I, I'm just... I'm sitting around like my brother did, like my dad did, like my grandmother did, waiting for something to happen. And now it's I gotta take any opportunity I have to to swim a little bit now. Yeah. So. Well, I uh, I sure do think the world of you, and um, I miss you. Yeah, I miss Doghouse. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. You're a funny dude, and. Uh, you're one of my better friends. I'd, I'd, I'd say you're one of my best friends. I, I have twenty. I remember that twenty thousand dollar check I wrote you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Do you remember that twenty thousand dollar check? Yeah, I I, I keep it taped behind the painting you sent. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, you prick. <laughs> no, I, listen. For for all the shit that I went through in South Florida, I've I've always said Doghouse was a shining star. Your friendship has always meant the world to me, so I appreciate it. And uh, I like it. Like I said, I want to move forward with this podcast and do some creative things with it now and some fun yeah. things. And uh, I hope that you are a part of that. So I appreciate you being on, brother. I'm uh, so honored that you would uh, bring me onto your pod for the, the closure of this particular, um, I guess this particular part of your life. It's uh, super interesting and. Uh, we uh, we poke a lot of fun and we we do a lot of shit, but uh, there's a lot of people out there that uh, understand who you are at the core of who you are and uh, love you very very much. <laughs> love you regardless. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Case. Have a wonderful evening. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, brother. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Yo. All righty then. Oh shit, man. You sound good. Thank you. I I feel good. You want to know what's funny, dude? It's this came through no. Spotify. It didn't even come through Anchor. That's so weird because I just had to reset my password, and they brought me to Spotify. So I don't think Anchor is owned by Anchor anymore. Well, I know that Anchor's been owned by Spotify since you and I have been doing the pod. I oh, know that, I did not know that. Yeah, I knew that. So. That's why we get. That's why I like it because it automatically throws your shit on Spotify for you. I love throwing my shit around. <laughs> um, okay, so um, you know, since we have agreed, and we'll we'll do an official. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Family Jewels True Crime Podcast. Bullshit. Yeah. In a second. Let's just read the letter. I'm. I'll give all the background information of this whole thing. I'm calling this prick out. You want to read the whole thing? I'm going to read the whole letter and then, and then let's you and I go back and to, you know, kind of dissect. Can, can you read it? And then I interrupt you so we can talk about it because I oh, think fuck. the audience will, there'd be too All much. Right, for yeah, them yeah. To... yeah. I love it. So, you know, everything, you know, the, the, I know all the stuff, but I can hop in and go, what's the 20 K you know what I mean? And then you can hop in and I can just prompt you to give okay. me that info. 
All right. Uh, and geez, the 20K will be. Uh, did I talk about that in the podcast? I don't think I did. I don't think I've talked a, dude, about it. Dude, it's been a long time since I've listened to episodes. All right. So, but I, I don't think I ever mentioned this part of it because I was always like, well, geez, I'm not even sure if this is fucking legit. But, um, right. All right. So, they would. Are you drinking? I am. I'm drinking. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it on the pod. All right. So, let's get going in.